Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply, as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv LR11. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Cultural Lenses. I'm your host, Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply known as LR. Welcome back. This is Season 2, Episode 21. It's been about a month since the last episode came out. Took another break again, um, but welcome. Uh, today is going to be another kind of like life update, mixed bag kind of episode, um, but I actually have like things in the works. Um, so where have I been? Uh, we're just going to go over that real quick, uh, jumping right into it for this episode. Not sure whether this is going to end up being a long or short episode, but um, I've been mostly busy with school. Uh, so as I'm recording this right now, it is during my week off between school. Um, as a reminder, I'm in this uh, diploma program that goes on for a year, but it's super intensive. Um, we do like four terms and each term's about three months long. Uh, which adds up to a year, and it's a web development program, and it's been pretty intensive in the uh, coding and a couple of other things, and I've I've fallen behind a little bit. So I used the last couple of weeks to kind of catch up and wrap up the end of the second term. Now I'm a week off, and uh, the third term is coming up. But a bunch of other stuff happened too, so we'll go into that. But I just wanted to take a moment to you know, um, kind of toot my own horn a little bit. I, when I first started my bachelor's degree, I moved to Canada in 2014 to study computer science, but I ended up failing after the, like, the second year. Because uh, I started, at, like, I was in this pathway-ish program where I start in this college and then I move on to the main university. Uh, it was a college that was set up to accept international students. And the college was still very much like high school, very handholdy. So I didn't really learn or know what to expect from a university level class, even though they were, all, even though I was taking the same content, but it wasn't being 
treated or administered as a university level course. It was still very much, they call you if you miss too many classes. My college is kind of the same way right now, um, but there's still a lot of expectations for you to go out and do a lot of the work on your own and show up to class. Uh, they will call you to make sure that you're okay because attendance is a big part of the grade, but the, the transition from the college to the university was really rough. And so I ended up uh, failing because I wasn't able to keep up because nobody cares. And I just wasn't ready for that. Or at least nobody described that to me. Uh, with the universities, especially the bigger ones, whether you go to class or not, whether you do the assignments, whether you do the exams, nobody cares. You've paid them money. And so now the expectation is placed on you and nobody's going to follow up or check on you. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. That's just how it is. And I think that's valid. Um, if you are in academics, um, in academia, you should be very much self-motivated, especially in North America, given how expensive it can be. But that's neither here nor there. That's a different conversation. Um, I ended up failing out of computer science, um, looking at other options. I found the design course, uh, the design degree that I ended up going with, and I graduated from that. And so this web development course, we're going back to a lot of the Apart from like front end, you know, web development stuff, we're going back to a lot of the core back end uh, functional kind of programming that I learned a lot my first two years that I wasn't bad at it. There was just a lot of things where I just needed help and I didn't know how or where to ask for that help. But I wasn't stupid. I wasn't like not getting it. It was just a lot. It was overwhelming. And Failing that, finding the degree I really enjoyed, and becoming a better student, and then coming back to this now after, what, seven years, 2014 started in 2021, um, feels good because I am succeeding. I understand, and I'm able to apply myself. So I just wanted to be, uh, I just wanted to take a moment to um, vocalize that I am, in fact, very proud of myself, um, but also that things take time. Um, whether you're beholden to external or internal pressures or, you know, somebody else's timeline, your own timeline, things are going to happen in the manner that they need to happen. And, and sometimes things take time and that's, you know, that's all right. But coming back to, uh, so that, that was a part of why I was um, out of commission for the last couple of weeks, for the last month. Um, I didn't really have a lot of energy or time to focus into doing this because school needed my attention. That and uh, I believe I talked about this on the last episode, but I was so busy with working on my grad application, which I still haven't heard from, by the way. I'm hoping to hear back soon, be it uh, you know a good good or a bad thing. It's just one of those things where waiting is, is, is driving me. It's making me restless. It is spiking up my anxiety. Um, the, so my nieces are here, um, two of my, so far I've seen all three of my nieces on this side of the family. I am staying with my dad's side of the family, uh, my mom's side of the family. Uh, I only have the one niece and she's, um, she's in the States anyways, right? So I'm in India and I have, an, I have the opportunity on my dad's side of the family to see all my cousins and their nieces. And when I came here first, pretty early on, I was able to see my niece, um, my youngest niece, who is at this point, I believe, going to be, we're in March. She's about 11 months now. Um, 
and I'm a big fan of her, huge fan. <laughs> she's she's adorable. She's about to turn a year old in about a month. Um, and that was great. I got to play with her a couple of months ago, so I think at that point she was only about six or seven months old. And it is fascinating seeing such a tiny individual, even at you know only at the the ripe age of uh, six seven months, still have their own personality and likes and wants and needs and desires. It is wild. Um, and the, but then more recently um, in Feb, one of my other nieces, my oldest niece on this side of the family, she came to visit. She's about to turn three, and she is full of energy. She. I, I had a conversation about this with somebody. There is a lot of... How do, I, how do I say this? How do I articulate this? Children don't know how to communicate their emotions until they get to a certain age or unless they're thought. Uh, thought. But even, even then, uh, depending on the age, they just don't, can't even recognize what certain emotions are, right? And so they don't know how to verbalize it or express it, and so they typically act out be it physically, be it through tantrums, through some crying, through causing some sort of drama, breaking things, asking for attention. Um, mind you, I'm no parent. I was just all just observations and conversations I've had with other people. But I, I realized at least the, the kind of um, culture that I grew up in or that I've developed and learned for myself and now participate in is maybe very different here uh, is it not maybe it is very different compared to here and i see that also maybe reflected in a lot of the parenting styles mind you i don't know how she's like when she's at home because she came to visit us without her parents um i'm staying with essentially her grandparents right so she was very comfortable with them it's great but then it's still not her parents so i feel like she was on vacation mode so she had a, an opportunity to go a little wild a little crazy but then there was obvious you know, um, moments where she was acting out and you could tell, um, or at least I could tell it was because there was not a way that she was able to vocalize what she was feeling. So it's just very, very interesting observations for whenever it is my turn to have kids. I, I'm, I'm fully soaking up all of my friends who have, um, children and from all of my nieces and from my cousins and just fully soaking in all the knowledge and the experiences and then just supporting wherever I can but it's also I you know she I was only meeting her for the first time so I had to be careful of where I established myself as like an authority figure I didn't want to seem overbearing I didn't want to seem like I was trying to parent um, I just had to kind of take um, some of the um, emotions a little bit uh, she very much saw me as like her age but a bigger version uh but it was a good time and then my other cousin um with my other niece is also currently visiting my oldest niece she's she's left now and this is the niece who's in the middle right so niece b um and she's about to turn two and she's gotten comfortable with me and What's really cool is that she has a grasp of three languages, Hindi, English, and Telugu. Hindi being the, her primary, Telugu being her secondary, and English being her uh, tertiary. Tertiary? Tertiary? Tertiary. Tertiary. Uh, tertiary. 
language. And she uses like this interesting amalgamation, primarily of Hindi and Telugu, but sometimes English to like communicate. And it is fascinating to see how smart kids can be as soon as they understand what word means what. Um, sometimes she knows the word for something in all the languages. And sometimes she only knows it in the one language. So that's why I say it's really fascinating to see her mix all three of the words together, all three of the languages together to be able to form a sentence and communicate with you about what she wants or what she needs. Um, either way, I love all my nieces. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying being around them and I can't wait till they're older and I get to be like the cool uncle. Um, but niece A, my oldest niece, um, before she left, coughed right on me. <laughs> And so I fall in sick as well. And you can probably hear that a little bit in my voice. Um, I feel like that does come through a little bit in my voice right now still. Um, I'm good for the most part. It was just a simple viral infection. But it really did um, um, affect my uh, sinuses and then also my throat and uh, my uh, respiratory system. Um, so that's kind, of, that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, along with, um, as for my last episode, I probably would have bought up the medical stuff that I was going through. Um, if I haven't, I got not, di not diagnosed. Um, almost a diagnosis of diabetes type 2. Um, I was having some issues and so I went into the doctor and they took um, they took a blood sample for those specific issues just to be sure because they lined up with some of the symptoms of diabetes and sure as hell it turns out that I had very, very, very stupidly high blood sugar and um, went to the doctor, got me started on some meds, but then the doctor kind of just kind of, he just kind of, um, kind of wafted his way through my reports and really explaining to me, talked to me about it. I had some questions that I want to ask, not because of not because I didn't believe him, but just because I'm very pragmatic and very logical and I need to understand what's going on, even if it's bad. That's when I feel like I need more um, information just so I, I can understand, absorb things, sit, reflect on it, and then process and visualize and understand what the next steps are. How am I moving forward? What am I doing? Um, I do, uh, there is a doctor in our family, and so I had a chance to sit down with him, and basically, um, and he went over my files, and basically what has happened is, because of all the stress, of everything that's going on, um, and because of genetics, so, uh, that kind of led to my situation. So, um, there is type 2 diabetes that happens much later in the family, um, later in life, um, my dad had him when he was in like his mid forties, I think. Um, he's still borderline. He's got it under control. He doesn't need insulin yet, but it is, this is like, but my granddad also has it. This is very much in the family. Um, the, the move from in, uh, from Canada to India, the waiting on my work permit from like October of 2020 all the way till like July of 2021 and even before that when I applied May 2020 um, all that waiting all that not knowing all that wondering what's going on how am I going to proceed forward and move forward in my life um, finding out that I couldn't and then having to come to India and then moving to India but also starting school at the same time and then also staying awake during the night uh, sleeping during the day 
Um, and then just general stress is kind of um, coupled with the fact that the kind of hormones and like enzymes and everything that need, that kind of like is released and created by your body to go through the system and flush out all the bad things is usually done at night when you're sleeping according to the circadian rhythm. Um, so it's not released at night when you're not sleeping, which is what I do. And so that doesn't get released during the day because when my body sees the sunlight and senses the sunlight, it's like, all right, cool, we're in awake mode. All my sleep disappears. And then couple that with genetics. Um, basically led to me becoming insulin, insulin resistant, which is where, as per my insulin count, I have uh, my body's making the correct amount. It's just not using it. It doesn't know how to use it or it's forgotten how to use it. And that's what medication has done. Medication has reminded my body how to use it. And so I've actually responded really well to the med medication over the last um, month or so. Uh, so much to the point that now I'm at risk of being hypoglycemic, meaning I don't have enough sugar <laughs> in my blood um, because my body is just being very insulin efficient. So we've uh, reduced the dosage of the medicine and the doc said, hey, listen, um, you don't even need to see me, as per my last appointment at least. You don't even need to see me, just come back in three months and just monitor this now for three months because this is how it's going to be um, for pretty much a very long, long, long time. Uh, the only things I have to keep aware of is, you know, making sure that I'm looking out for signs of um, hypoglycemia um, and also keeping out signs of hyperglycemia, where I, which is what my original condition was, which is having uh, excess sugar in the blood. And then just making sure that I don't lose complete control of my diet, but I can, you know, open things up now a little bit. But that's kind of that's kind of what's been the thing because mentally dealing with, you know, and I'm not comparing myself here. I'm not trying to uh, diminish or invalidate what I've gone through, but in comparison, I feel like other people regularly go through so much more intense chronic illnesses or like medical stuff and I've been very fortunate in my life overall to not have to um, except for a few things which I want to talk about but I also want to talk about anyways um, but then learning that I have this thing and then this might very well actually be super serious and be a chronic thing and I have to change like a lot of things and go through that was was very draining mentally because this came out of left field because of course this would happen in 2022 of course this would happen um but it's all good like i've i've actually gotten more um intentional with a lot of the things i do it was it was very easy for me to um immediately like restructure a lot of the restructure the way I thought about a lot of things and then just you know focus on moving forward and figuring out how I can live the most quote-unquote normal life as possible but still be healthy and still make sure that I'm not putting myself in danger um, and part of that was going back to the gym again and it's quite a feat for me because I am not a big fan of physical exercise physical things not a fan of um, then when you have a potentially life-altering, life-threatening thing, easy. I don't even think about it. Um, because of my schedule, 
class ends at 5.30 in the morning. So I start at 9.30 in the night, finish at 5.30 in the morning. The gym opens at 5.30. I'm in the gym by 6. I do my thing. I'm out, shower, boom. I do that three times a week. I've, uh, I, you know, I had a personal trainer, um, but then I've had to stop that since I came here, obviously. And so going back to it, remembering, uh, you know, rebuilding some of that strength, working on that form again, remembering what I'd learned through my personal trainer, easy, super easy. Um, and I think a big part of that also came because of the personal training. The personal training helped me see and value what my body was capable of and some of the natural shapes of my body, which is what allowed me, which is what gave me the confidence to want to finally go through with my tattoos, right? And so here I am now again, knowing what my body is capable of, knowing that just even putting in a little bit of effort here will help me so much in the long run. Super simple, quick shift of uh, perspective and needs because I really might not enjoy it, but it is something that is necessary and it's now also turned to something that I do enjoy, more so from the fact that I go and I get to tire myself, but I end up truly sometimes feeling much better energy levels wise like yeah sure i'll come back and then the first hour of recovery after a session at the gym is exhausting and i'm like breathing heavy but then once i get that moment to like fully sit and let the oxygen permeate and like acknowledge that my muscles are sore and tired and i just squat like how many ever pounds i'm good to go after that um and all the shit they say about like the gym being good, like physical fitness being good for your mental health is kind of true. <laughs> we talked about this. I did an episode on physical fitness. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of all that's been happening. And now I'm using this break to kind of get myself structured and organize myself in certain ways. Like I have notes. Uh, and I've done notes before, but I haven't been doing it for a while and I have notes again. Um, and... Yeah, like I'm I'm trying. I'm really trying. I've got some things that I, I want to focus on this year for myself more so than anything else. And I feel, for the most part, pretty good and pretty okay with where I'm at and what I'm doing. The only thing is that I wish I was back in Canada. Um, yeah. So, moving on from that. Got a couple of things here to knock out of my list. Um... So I would really, 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 really love some feedback from the last episode. Um, I, I really appreciate and I really love the fact that there are people um, who, even after breaks, are, are, are listening to me. And I appreciate the fuck out of you. And I, I, I truly hope there is some value that I'm bringing to you with just this, this, this personal audio diary thing where I just rant about things that I've experienced through my perspective. I truly appreciate you if this is something that you listen to, that you look forward to, or that brings you value. Um, the last episode that I did was about me and my thoughts on my own gender identity and just my thoughts on gender and sexuality in general. Um, I didn't go too much into the sexuality aspect, but I really love some feedback and I've talked about a feedback form and I'm actually going to make a feedback form. So that feedback form is going to be in the description for this episode and it's going to be just a, it's going to be more general feedback form um, on my show, what you'd like to see, um, how you'd rate. I'm going to include a bunch of things. So if you have a moment, if you're able to, I would truly appreciate if you just fill out that form. 
If you can't, don't worry about it. I know um, some people don't like doing that, but I'll try to make it as um, seamless and as painless and as simple and straightforward as possible. I really enjoyed making um, that last episode. I was a little worried and a little bit nervous about it because I, I I don't know. I was I was just nervous. I I didn't know how people were gonna take it. I'd only spoken to some people about it, um, but I really I really wasn't sure how it was gonna come across, and I'm glad that it seemed to have come across pretty positively, because it performed quite well. Um, as of recording this, um, when you hear this, the day before this, um, March eighth, two thousand twenty-two. Um, will be uh, was International uh, Women's Day, and I think days like this are important uh, for what they are at their face value. I think it is important to recognize all the um, how do I how do I articulate this? All the very important, strong, and influential women throughout history and in your own lives, and acknowledge them. Um, but also this is something that should happen regularly. I feel like for the most part, especially when it comes to companies, uh, days like this are very performative. Regardless, um, happy International Women's Day. I am very biased for many, many reasons. But that's because I've seen through my mother's experiences and through my sister's experiences and through the things that some of my friends have told me, and through some of the behaviors of some of my male um, friends, colleagues, counterparts, what have you, that has confirmed some of these stories and some of their, um, you know, just what they've shared with me. I, I think there's still a long way to go, uh, primarily in regards to recognizing um, trans women as women and trans folk in general as actual people in however they identify uh, but trans women seem to face the majority of the brunt uh, publicly at least um, and I still also think that there's more work that needs to be done in acknowledging the um, I don't know I think like Progress has been made, but there's more still that can be done. Uh, the, uh, the best way to put it is uh, building equity and not equality, per se. Making sure that everybody, regardless of race, gender, um, sexual orientation, has a has the same starting point when it comes to all the different avenues of life. So, yeah, happy International Women's Day for all that it might be worth to you. Uh, if it's important to you, then I truly mean it. Um, and if it's not important to you, I still hope you recognize um, the the important and influential and and strong uh, women or femme identifying folk in your life. Um, part of uh, sorry to go back to the feedback form because I uh, only just saw this note that I scribbled down here at the bottom. Uh, it must have been a last minute thought. Part of what I'm going to include in the feedback form is if you have any ideas for what you'd like to see me to do with Fan House, because I want to make Fan House. Apart from the idea, the original idea is to upload two episodes to Fan House exclusively. 
and these are going to be bonus episodes or things that might be of sensitive topics or things that might be of particular importance to me that I don't necessarily want out there in public. So if you have any other ideas of how I could utilize Fanhouse specifically in relation to my voice or if there are any other kind of things you'd like to see, I'd be very interested and open to hearing about that. Um, when I go back to Canada, one of the things I want to try doing is because I'm going to be using my bicycle to get around a lot and commute, I'm going to try doing um, bicycle streams. Uh, don't know how long, don't know how often, but I miss streaming and I think that'd be a cool way to integrate and just to get me around. I'm more excited about getting me around, especially because if things go right, I'll be going back during the summer so I won't have to worry about rain as much. Um, but yeah, that's something to look out for. Uh, I'm going to be doing a D&D focused episode real soon here as well. So look out for that. It's going to be with all the people who've been influential in D&D so far in my life. And then I want to focus on like cultural aspects of D&D beyond that. But I figured I'd start somewhere. Uh, D&D is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and that's really it for the episode. Um, but finally, I just want to quickly talk about this. I'm no expert um, per se. I just for the most part, care about people and just want to be able to help in any way that I can. But the situation uh, since my last episode to now, Russia is invading Ukraine, has invaded, and is invading currently and attempting to occupy and reclaim Ukraine. Um, I'm not going to give you any predictions or I'm not going to talk too much about the political nature of it, um, but all that it really is is please approach the situation with some sympathy, uh, some empathy, and some compassion towards people who are struggling with everything that's happening. Um, it's been uh, some anxiety-riddled, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, um, ranging from low and high because um, one of my best friends, um, somebody I had as a roommate for three and a half years or so, um, is in Kherson, and um, so far he's okay. Uh, we're still, you know, Communicating on and off, I've asked, uh, you know, I've checked in with him. He seems to be doing fine, but it's still scary. Um, yeah, I, I might do uh, a more uh, detailed episode about the uh, the the racist coverage of some aspects of Russia invading Ukraine um, and the overall lack of compassion and empathy towards similar situations in other parts of the world that have been going and are still going on. But not in, I don't want to do it in a way that takes away from the current situation or the situation that is the main focus. Um, I might not also do that episode because there are better people than me, more educated people than me. Uh, and if I find any of those sources, uh, resources, I'm going to put them, uh, put them in the description of the episode. It's just that there are people who are more apt at giving political commentary and breaking down things in a much more articulate way and who have a better grasp of the situation. So I want to avoid doing that myself. Um, that being said, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you very much. Uh, the next episode, my voice should be doing much, much better. So if I was low um, on this episode, I apologize um, or monotonous. It's just really either my nose is blocked or I've just, my throat's been sore for like a week now. So uh, take care of yourselves. Please stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, 
Um, express your love to the loved ones in your life. And I'll catch you all next time. Take care.